Hey everybody, this is John. You're listening to Parenting Today. Before we get to our episode, be sure to swing by the resource tab uh, on the RYM website. Uh, there are uh, There's a section called Ministry Tools that I would encourage you all to check out. It has prayer cards that can help your children know how to pray before they read scripture. They can put these in the front of their Bible. There's a discipleship guide. There's all sorts of things. Be sure to check that tab out. We're adding new content to that regularly. Um, I also, in this upcoming episode, want to say I make fun of Brian's church, but we cleared that up. So just if that bothers anybody, uh, here's our conversation. You'll see what I'm talking about. Hello and welcome to Parenting Today. I'm John Parrott. Kurt Cooper is with me as always. Uh, say hello, Kurt. Hey, John. Uh, Kurt, you and I have had a lot of guests on lately, and mm-hmm. uh, we hope those who are listening have enjoyed the guests that we have had on. Uh, today, we're going to continue that trend as we welcome Reverend Brian Habig. Brian, hello. Hey, John. And let me just go ahead and say that Kurt, I meant that Brian has been very patient with us this morning. Um, we've had a lot of technical difficulties. Uh, Brian had to go into a basement, it looks like, there to um, find a, some kind of Wi-Fi connection or something. But um, I, I will say, where are you, Brian? I'm in a, I'm in a, a bomb-free bunker right now. Uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 some preppers let me borrow. Now, nice. they, I just went over to the sanctuary. I'm in the sound booth of our sanctuary. So that looks awesome. Can you guys hear me okay as things stand now? Yes. And let me just go ahead and own it. It was on my end. We had some tech issues with Skype, and so we've had to move this to Zoom. And then we found out the audio was on me. So I'm just going to own that and put that out there. Um, those of you who Real do big. not know... What's that, Kurt? That's, that's real big of you to own it. Those of you who do not know Reverend Brian Haybig, uh, Kurt, you go way back with Brian. Why don't you give a brief intro of who Brian is, and Brian can add to that. Yeah, or so take away some of what Kurt might say about him. Brian was born in like 1967 or something. No, we don't want to go that far back. I, when I was at Mississippi State uh, as a young college idiot, uh, Brian, uh, for the first two or three years that I was at State, was my campus minister, um, and then he was the campus minister for RUF at Vanderbilt, and then he planted, um, I don't know if it's always been called this, but then he planted Downtown Presbyterian Church in Greenville, South Carolina. Has that always been the name, Brian? It has. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and he's been there uh, how many years? Is it, it's been more than 10, right? How long has it been? Yeah, this, uh, at the end of May, it will be 14. Wow, 14 years. So he's been there for quite a while. Um, Greenville is like, I, I, it's like mini Nashville. Like it's, you know, Nashville is like where everyone wants to be. And I feel like Greenville is like a <laughs> version of that. Um, Brian, I, I know that Green, Greenville certainly thinks it's that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Brian uh, is married um, and he has three children, right? Or four? Mm-hmm. How many? Yeah, I have three. Three. Um, and your, his oldest, Henry. Uh, is is he a freshman at Clemson? Or freshman at Clemson. Yeah, they're all teenagers. Henry's nineteen. Wow. Uh, yeah, he's our college guy. Yeah, that's awesome. So Brian is a more experienced parent than we are, and uh, we all, you know, this is a podcast about parenting. He is not only has he pastored people who have raised children, but he's also raised children himself. Um, a little bit. But when all three of your children are teenagers, you will never feel less inclined 
to get on a podcast and give parental <laughs> advice to anyone. And I really mean that. Understood. That's well, why no, we, we're doing this now. We're getting it all out now so that later on we can just, you know, anyway. That's right. And look, yeah, Kurt and I have said since we, we started this this podcast, we are not experts by any means. And we know that no one's arrived in parenting, um, right. but we do know Brian is further along uh, and has older children. So by God's grace, you do have some some wisdom you can you can share with us. And we want to to glean that, uh, again, emphasizing God's grace. Um, but for those who do listen to Parenting Today, uh, you may remember a discussion that we had in season one about bad language. Uh, that was episode 11, uh, for those who want to go back and check that out. And this is going to be the sequel, so you obviously need to go back and, and check that out. Um, you might be a bit confused where we are. But, but look, the, the reason why we're having Brian on this podcast is because he's an expert in bad language. Um, no jokes there. I did hear, hear a sermon by Brian and Kurt can go ahead and make fun of me. I I thought the sermon was, you know, maybe from this past summer and as Kurt and I were, were looking for it, where, when was it Kurt? Well, the story was, you said, go and check out Brian's recent sermon. Those are your words, recent sermon <laughs> on, the, on the third, on the third commandment. And I scrolled through his podcast of his sermons, which I, I subscribed to. And I was like, I don't remember that. And I, I listened, I kept scrolling. And then I, I finally got to 2016 and there it was in October of 2016. Um, that's, you know, that's. You're I, stuck I, in the past, John. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But in the grand scheme of things, 2016 isn't that long ago, right? So we could yes, say recent. You're on the right side of history. You know, bib- so. biblical language, right? We're, we're in the end of time. So 2016 is there. I like how, yeah. I like how good you are at self-justifying, John. I thought like that's, <laughs> that's probably a good trait to have. Yeah. But right. the sermon's title was entitled The Name Above All Names. You can go check it out, as Kurt said, in 2016. We'll also have the link to this uh, sermon in this podcast. But, but I think Kurt and I had, had this conversation, and I was listening to that sermon and just thought, you know, there, there's some – very good insight uh, from from that sermon that that Brian delivered uh, that that applies to this conversation and specifically I thought we would start off today um, Tuesday we'll get into some some other I'm sorry Thursday we'll get into some other discussion but as Kurt and I talked in that first episode of just bad language talking about taking the Lord's name in vain um, OMG uh, is that appropriate is that ever inappropriate I know one thing Kurt said sometimes maybe that's exercising restraint and and um, you know, what do we think about that? You did say that, Kurt. Um, and so, uh, look, let's, let's pick up there. Kurt, why don't you, as you've listened to the sermon recently, maybe let's give the gist of the sermon. We know it's a 30-minute sermon, so we're not going to just ask Brian to recap that for us or deliver the sermon again. But let's just kind of get the gist of the sermon and then get into some conversation about taking the Lord's name in vain, but then getting into bad language. How does that sound? That sounds great. Like, we... Brian said in the sermon, Brian says like where this commandment really applies is three particular areas, which is most obviously in worship. And we're going to come back to that, I hope. But the most, the second obvious way in which it applies is just in um, our, the way in which we communicate uh, off the cuff, um, the way in which we, uh, the way in which we speak. And and this is really where um, I think a lot of youth parents, uh, 
where they start to run into this issue is that as their children mature, their language matures. And um, they don't say, they don't, when they have to go to the bathroom, they don't say, I, I've got a TT anymore. I mean, teenagers don't say that. Um, but, you know, they say they, they're starting to become adults. And so, uh, you know, we, we have to consider as parents how to guide our, how to guide our students into speaking um, in a way that is um, observant of God's commandment. And the motivation for that is obviously that God's loved us. So um, really, I guess, Brian, what I want you, what I'd like to hear from you about is like, how, um, how do you bridge the gap between uh, someone who says, well, as long as I don't say GD or I don't scream out Jesus Christ when something crazy happens, how do you bridge the gap from someone who thinks, thinks along that, those lines? By the way, the first time that I ever got in really serious trouble with my parents was we were, they let me watch Jaws when I was too young to watch Jaws, but had begged them to. And the, and the shark, I'd begged them and they finally let me watch Jaws and the shark was about to get somebody and little like seven or eight year old Kurt screamed out, Jesus Christ, get in the boat. And um, both my parents stopped the movie. They yeah. took me directly to my bedroom. They spanked me thoroughly. And then they sent me to bed. They said, you don't ever say, and, but get like, how do we bridge the gap between someone who says, well, that's taking the Lord's name in vain to like what the commandment actually means. Hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I remember, it's funny that you brought up being just how we thought about this as children, because I remember when I was young, I could never connect the dots between, okay, don't cuss. Why not? Because we're not supposed to take the Lord's name in vain. And even a kid is going, well, his name's not that word I was just thinking about saying. And I know that's stating the obvious, but it's, you know, we don't, we don't really have a sophisticated way to explain it. You can tell if you, if you just do a search, about theology of profanity or theology of cussing or whatever. I mean, there's kind of scattered stuff in there, but there's not a lot to draw from where we, where we would say, yeah, that's good, strong reflection. There's consensus about that. Um, but, you know, the one that has jumped out to me is that for me, my struggle with the third commandment is usually not saying GD or using Jesus's name as my own little exclamation point. I've done all those before. I'm capable of any of those. But where I see you mainly is um, flippancy. Uh, or or and I think in particular during worship, just checking out. So I'm saying God and Jesus. It's harder to do that when I'm preaching. When I'm preaching, I'm having to think hard and I'm feeling hard. So I tend to, to feel and have it really sort of on the front burner of my insides. God or Jesus or Christ, but uh, but I th it, it's easy to sing about him heartlessly, and you think about man, um, if somebody was speaking flippantly about my like I've lost my dad. My dad died about uh, eight years ago. If someone spoke flippantly about my dad, uh, that would really sting. And you know, I, I think just take that trajectory all the way out. The ultimate sting be either for us ourselves to do this or to hear somebody speak flippantly about our heavenly father. Um, and, and it's interesting. Too, I've, I've just been, you know, I knew we were going to have this discussion when you, whatever you say a lot forms you. And so if you speak uh, flippantly or lightly about 
eternal things, biblical things, God's own name, you might think that, well, I still think all this stuff's important. I'm just kind of being a little edgy right now, or I'm just kind of, you know, I don't know, I'm just being, I'm being authentic or I'm being real with my friends. Uh, if you speak flippantly about it, it does start to form you. Uh, and God knew that before we knew that. And so besides protecting his own glory or it, no, or his not protect his glory doesn't need protection from us besides um, acknowledging his own glory. I think he's saying this is not good for your insides to say my name cheaply, or you will begin to feel like I'm not who I actually am. And you're made to know who I actually am. Um, I was going to say, uh, it's funny that you mention like, I'm just going to be honest or I'm just going to be um, authentic. And sometimes there's a pressure. I remember several years ago, maybe when I was in seminary that there were a couple of pastors who were known as like the pastors who cuss, you know, and they like, they, they were, they were, gathering a following is like oh this guy i really you know like he uh he does that i was actually reading an article recently on national geographic that says that if you're in an office setting that uh that using uh you know you know understanding when it's in their words appropriate to use to swear mm -hmm. is actually a way to build trust in an office um yep. anyway uh Anyway, so it's so interesting that you talk about like the need to do that to be authentic. Um, will you? Well, can I can I inject something on that? Absolutely. You know, okay. So I knew we were going to have this discussion, and just last Friday, somebody sent me. You know, somebody will sometimes send you a, a link to a podcast. You know, hey, I want you to listen to this. It was the um, the armchair expert podcast, Dax Shepard. I wasn't familiar with him. He's been an actor, and um, he's a he was formerly an addict, and. But just gives a great interview, really funny guy, interesting guy, good, just sort of words things well. But uh, it was an interview he did live on stage in Austin with Brene Brown. And uh, I've read one of Brene Brown's books. I just bought her new book on leadership. Haven't started it yet. But um, don't agree with everything she says, but think she has some good things to say. So anyway, I thought, yeah, I'll listen to this. I had to drive. I had to go somewhere Friday. I had time to listen to a podcast. So I'm listening to it. It's a live show. And what struck me is that the set started, like they, inter they, in they introduced Brene Brown. She comes out, lots of applause. She and Dak Shepard start talking. And right out of the gates, he starts joking about he just met her backstage. 30 seconds after they met, he started asking, is it okay for us to use these cuss words? And they, I mean, it was very vulgar. And, uh, and she said it was fine with her. But what struck me was, and look, I'm used to cussing. I've done lots of cussing. If you haven't heard podcasts with lots of cussing, you haven't listened to me podcasts. <laughs> and uh, so I don't have virgin ears. But what struck me was it almost felt like even Brene Brown, I mean, she's, I think she's my age. I think she's north of 50, PhD, super influential person right now. Uh, very respected, lots of traction, published, all that, that she seemed to be going down to the kind of the lowest common denominator of like, I don't want to seem rigid or uptight or too academic or too grown up momish. So I'm going to, I'm going to say these things. And I thought it actually, it wore on me after a while. Now it's not all about whether it wears on Brian or not, but I thought, at points where I thought she was going to ennoble the discussion, 
by her presence and her experience. Uh, she didn't, she kind of met it there. And I think that pressure is really on most of us, whether it's, I don't want to seem like the uptight person in my office. Uh, I know it's a little bit different in the church culture, but it can even be there too. Uh, I don't want to be the uptight person among my friends or with my next door neighbors. So I feel like I need to almost allocate a few cuss words or edgy comments just so that they know that I'm not a stick in the mud. Mm. <laughs> and I, I've, I've felt that before. It's, I mean, we're talking about formation. One way you can see that you're being formed is after you've heard just a lot of cussing, whether it's with a live person or watching a movie with it or a podcast. It's funny after you've had to recalibrate and let that become more normal and acceptable. When you get around somebody that's not talking that way, they suddenly seem uptight. And I think that's fascinating because that means you, you have been formed just from those few minutes of exposure and recalibrating. Um, when you, when you preached the sermon, you talked about like the motivation for that. The law could never motivate us. But one of the you told to use two really good illustrations, which I plan to steal later. So, <laughs> but, uh, what, uh, public because, domain. Yeah, my, my, my kids don't listen to your podcast. So I'm just seeing like a genius to them, but, uh, <laughs> yet Kurt, <laughs> yes. I'm going to share it with them. Yes. Let's forget about the other commandments, the further down the line that to, to cover that for right now. But, uh, you talked about the substitute teacher, uh, that you had that was born in, uh, I don't know. You said 1843, which I'm sure was for, for last, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, you talked to tell, Tell us a little bit about the substitute teacher and about the use of the word bloodbath. Um, yeah. In middle school. Do you remember this or am I just like, totally Oh no, I, I had to think for a second about, yeah, I was in, I think I was in seventh grade. This is at first Presbyterian day school in my hometown, Jackson, Mississippi. And, and there were still quite a few of the old guard teachers there, but one of the old guard teachers had a sister who would act as a substitute teacher and when I tell you she was old guard, I mean, she was from olden times. <laughs> and so she kind of had those sensibilities, like where she's not super worried about what we think of her or what our parents think of her. <laughs> it's just totally different than now. So I was sitting up front. My desk was right up next to hers. And she was referring to something in World War II, which would have been, you know, her peers, like her, she grew up with it maybe her husband served in it, but she referred to a battle and it being a bloodbath. And I made a joke about, like, I think I joked like, like singing while you're bathing, kind of like, like, like you're singing in the bathtub and man, she let me know in no uncertain terms how inappropriate that was. And I don't know if she used the word flippant, but when I think about times where I was flippant and now I just wince when I think about it, that would be a moment that drove home to me. Nothing vulgar was said. Uh, God's name was not said, but I said something lightly that's supposed to have weight. Yeah, and I think that's important too. I mean, just again, in this whole conversation, not just giving a law, a command, but seeing, I mean, the motivation um, behind it for sure and seeing the loving uh, just nature of, of our Father um, and how we've got to be cautious and how we, we use that um, yeah, yeah, use his name. Uh, look, there's something I did want to ask the two of you to respond to, and just give me your thoughts on this. Because again, as we're saying, OMG, and just uh, taking the the Lord's name in vain, 
there's a way in which I've thought sometimes that, you know, when some, somebody uses, like if this is an athlete or an actor or, or someone, you know, in a song using Jesus Christ as an exclamation, I've kind of seen that as a form of, of general revelation in a sense, especially as I'm trying to, you know, teach my children, you know, that the rest of the world is going to, to misuse God's name. Because to me, I think of just kind of the connection with, you know, as we think about Romans 1, specifically 18 to 23, saying that, you know, the, the truth of God is written ultimately on all of mankind's hearts. And we, right. we see that through creation. And so, you know, it's, it's strange at times when we're watching a movie and nobody's just exclaims, you know, Gandhi or Mother Teresa. There, there's something about the fact that they go to Jesus Christ, that there's a knowledge that's there. Um, and so when I'm watching movies with my children, and again, I, I was thinking about this, and I want you all to respond. A movie I really enjoy, How to Train Your Dragon. Have you all seen that movie? Uh, I've seen parts. I've, I've like walked through the room and watched some parts when the kids, I, I haven't seen the whole thing. I, I love that movie. Brian, why, is, why is there a How to Train Your Dragon poster behind you? <laughs> yeah. Why are you wearing a t-shirt that says, ask me about my dragon I'm training? <laughs> so, a really good movie. I mean, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed that. But in that movie, uh, they say, oh my gods. And they say, for Thor's sake. You know, and it's kind of like, they, they, it's almost like they were picking up on that notion of, let's just acknowledge, you know, that there's multiple gods or whatever. But what are y'all's thoughts about that? Just the whole general revelation thing. And, and again, trying to use that as a bridge to talk to my children as we're watching movies. And why do people say, Oh my God. And uh, who deny that there is a God or whatever. That was a lot of rambling. What are y'all's thoughts on that? I'd love to hear what y'all think. Push back on it. Disagree. Kurt's laughing. Go ahead and make fun of me, Kurt. No, I think I just like how you, anyway, I, yeah, there, you know, again, Romans one people, uh, they like a beat, like trying to get a beach ball to go under the water. Like, people they suppress the truth and unrighteousness but the reality is this is this reminds me of the conversation that we were having about gender on our last podcast john mm -hmm. where uh one of the guests i think it was brian said um a different brian said uh that when people talk about gender they'll say yes i'm biologically they'll say that they don't believe in god but then they'll say i'm biologically this gender but really i am you know this other gender and the question that needs to be asked after that is, what is this I that you're talking about? If you don't believe in a God, then all you are is, is biology. Like, I understand what that I means, because now we're on my playground where we talk about a soul and about who we really are. And, like, there's that, there's that, um, there, it's almost as like, I'm going to say this sarcastically, of course, but it's almost as like God has written, it's like we're made in his image and we can't get away from it. Like, we can't, no matter what we feel about the church, whether we've been damaged in the church and justly distrustful of it, or whether um, we just, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, uh, it seems like people can't get away from the truth that is written on their hearts. Right. Um, and I think you're wise as a parent. I would have never thought to do that. I would have probably just told my son like, Oh, well, we don't say that because we're Christians because I'm an idiot, but you're right to say like, look, well, these people, the reason they say that we don't say this, but, the reason they say that is because they, because everyone deep down knows that they have a hole, you know, that only God can fill in their hearts. So anyway, I just think that's a great observation by you. Brian, do you have thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I think that there's all kinds of ways to push the envelope on language. 
it can be for humor, it can be for shock. Uh, but I think it's interesting that it can, you know, it can be for just it, to say something taboo. Mm -hmm. Uh, to give to, to yeah, to, to, maybe that's a subset of just the shock. But it is interesting that we reach for God. And again, we're in a, we're in a more you know we're in a more Christianized area, and you would hear different expressions in different parts of the world. But it is interesting that there's just this very go-to name or two for shock, and it seems like the taboo is tied into our insides know that name is different than the other names. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's well said. And, and just as what we're discussing this as well, I mean, related to this, um, yeah, I took some of my older children to go see Solo. Did y'all see Solo, a Star Wars story? Um, my sons did. I, so, I saw it on Netflix. Okay. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, my, my oldest son is really into Star Wars, and um, he was an eight at the time, so some people might think that was too young to take him to that. What was interesting, he was sitting beside me the whole movie. And, uh, you know, anytime there was, you know, the word hell or anything that we might categorize as milder, um, you know, curse words, he would just look over at me. And so that made me much more aware of what, we, what he was hearing. And so when we got out, we were with another couple and their children and my wife. And um, I said something like, I was a little surprised at the amount of language in the movie. And they all said, what? There wasn't that much. And Samuel said, oh, yes, there was. And, you know, he had it. And so he, you know, his young years and young life helped me to see um, just how, you know, desensitized I'd become to certain words and how much they should bother me. So I guess my question for, for the two of you, how much should we, I mean, as I used the previous example of general revelation, how much should we prepare our kids of, look, this is the way the world is going to talk without desensitizing them to that and being aware of that. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? There's just, yeah, a I mean, I had a similar situation when we love the, the Incredibles series and maybe my favorite character is Edna Mode. <laughs> it designs the, the superhero outfits. Cause she's just such a personality. I think it's loosely based on a, you know, fashion, um, expert but anyway just in, in her voice is brad bird the director which is That's hilarious right. so i, I noted i can't remember about the second one uh the more recent one but but the original one when mr incredible drives to her house this just like impossibly modern house and they're walking in and, and they haven't talked in a long time and she's talking about she's been in milan and about how life is going but she says my god uh or oh my God, a couple of times. I don't think I noticed it maybe till the second time I watched it. And I don't think Brad Bird or any of the writers did that, especially for shock. I think they just knew that's what she would say. That's like what, like a really urbane, um, super with it, forward leaning, you know, Edna Mode that like she would say that. I don't think they did it to be naughty. I think it just had zero concern. And I think that's an opportunity with children. I mean, I'm not throwing Brad Bird under the bus. I've, I've loved, you know, I've loved the, that series. But, uh, but I think that's an opportunity with your children to your question to say, okay, look, did you catch that she said that? Uh, we don't want to use God's name like that. It doesn't mean that we can't go see that movie. It doesn't mean it has to be a deal breaker. I don't want y'all, I mean, if you're speaking to your children, I don't want you to hide from the world. 
But I do want you to know that I don't want us to talk that way because God's name is special. So I think it's an opportunity to frame it in terms of instead of we're just against this to be, you know, we as a family want to be for using his name like it's special. Um, that reminds me of the, uh, uh, I can't remember his name now, even though I listened to it today, but, uh, when you preached the sermon about the Lord's name in vain, you talked about, um, the man in, uh, who saved the village by the man who was crashing his plane. Oh, ooh, that killed me. Billy D, uh, Billy D something. I can't remember, yeah. his name, but it's something very American sounding. And yes. His widow's in Vernon, Texas. And he, he was, he was, you know, it's D-Day and he's flying the plane and it's going to crash and he veers off and hits the instead. And without her knowing for a long time, they would like celebrate him. And they even, didn't they name one of the streets after him or the main streets in the, in the town is named after him. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't watched that clip in a while, but I saw it on a CBS news special, one of those kind of, um, kind of investigative stories. And so they connected the widow with this village and they have an annual remembrance of him and of the war dead. And the mayor of the town was reading the names of the war dead. And when she got to his name, her, her voice cracked with emotion. And this is uh, what, 70 years later. I mean, it's just unbelievable, but, but because his name is special. Yeah, that's good. Look, I think we're to a point where maybe we can transition um, to discussing a little bit more uh, specifically, you know, moving off of taking God's name in vain to talking about other words. So how about we pick this up on Thursday? Um, Kurt, do you want to take us out? Yeah, sure. Guys, don't uh, be sure and join us again on Thursday. Um, we're going to be back with Brian. And uh, yeah, I hope you have a great Tuesday. We'll see you later.